Alright, this is a bonus episode of the Sidious Mag Podcast. We are taping live from Murphy's Bleachers in Chicago, across the street from Wrigley Field. I am joined by intern Matt, my good friend Matt Culling. Matt, how's it going? Good. So you're the guest on the show. You're maybe arguably the slowest runner we've ever had on the podcast. But Well, that's an insult. No, it's not. It's an honor. Uh, wear it or pride. So you ran the Chicago Marathon. Intern Matt took on the Chicago Marathon. You weren't a runner before July. Correct. Really. So, first off, how are the legs feeling? Trashy. Why? Because I ran 26 <laughs> miles. That's why. What, why. what hurts right now? Mostly my, my feet. It's not like that's and like my left ankle, but my like actual legs, my legs proper, if you will, don't hurt really at all. But my feet hurt. Obviously, more. This is we're taping this on Monday. You ran on Sunday, but afterwards, yes. like you were able to walk today. Not so much. Right. I, I I got out of bed. I like took the the sheets off. And then I had to, like, with my arms, move my legs to the side of the bed <laughs> so I could I could get out of bed. And that wasn't great. And I, I'm having a lot of trouble standing up after sitting down. But I did do some biking today. We had lunch at the at the beautiful Owl's Beef, beautiful Owl's Beef. And I biked to you, which was, like, two and a half miles or three miles or something. So I'm not, like, completely disabled, but not not feeling great either. Right. So I wanted to bring you on the podcast because you bring a very fun and interesting perspective that a lot of people probably have. It's the pretty much couch to marathon perspective. That's also an insult. <laughs> it's not. It's true. Well, it's not couch. I wasn't like doing nothing. What were you doing before this? I would like lift weights and I would run and like bike, but I wasn't like, I wouldn't, cons I still don't consider myself a runner per se. And I don't, I never consider myself a runner. But I wasn't like eating a bag like a bag of chips a day and being like, "Oh, I'm going to run the marathon." Like it wasn't like you were that. having a bag of Sour Patch Kids a day. Don't lie. Probably. <laughs> but that was on top of my. That was to keep my sugar, my blood sugar high for my intense hit workouts instead. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's let's go back to last year. Why did you sign up to run the marathon? Well, there was uh, in that. W that like September, I went with you to Berlin to watch, and I was I felt very inspired at that time to to take on something and to do that and to give myself the discipline to be able to train for a long period of time because you really can't just run a marathon like you can't literally do a couch to marathon. So I like one day to the next is right, impossible. Yeah, right. So I did it. I'm always of the I always have to like force myself to stay in shape in any way like I have to give myself some sort of incentive and so I thought oh I'll sign up for this thing 11 months in advance and then I have to do it and I'll tell everyone I know that I'm going to do it so then I have to and that's and I was inspired by your performance at the Berlin Marathon well I thank you Matthew yeah you've so. been interning for us for over a year now <laughs> yeah <laughs> When okay, so what was it about the the experience in Berlin? I I ran, but you got to take in a lot of like the running culture is the way that people describe it. So you got yeah. to see a lot of the running crews, the atmosphere. You were gone from you, you your first duties as an intern were to get me my bottles that is of correct. Morton on the course. And that so is correct. You so you were able to catch the marathon from 
different pers- different points, saw kind of what the Sufferfest is like. Yes. Why did that appeal to you? Well, it was just more so I could tell that people were incredibly determined to finish because you know that it took months and months of planning and months and months of training and sacrificing and that that part of it sort of like working toward like a goal that's like a big goal. It was more the part that appealed to me, not to like, ha these people like seem like they're in a lot of pain. Like I want to do that. Like I'm, I'm not really a masochist in that way, but I just sort of thought that, you know, just like setting a goal and, and doing it and like having the medal to prove it and like wearing the t-shirt that says like I finished was like the part that really appealed to me. So that was really it. What was your goal when you decided to, is it just to, to finish? Did you have a time goal in advance? Yeah, I had, my primary goal was just to finish because it was my first marathon. And I, like you said, I hadn't, I wasn't a runner before that. And the longest race I ever did before that was 10 miles, which I did with you the summer before. And so I, my first goal was just to finish, just to prove to myself that I could move my body without a vehicle that far. And then my second goal was uh, four hours and 30 minutes, which to the people who follow professionals is not nearly that fast, but it's a good starting point. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't meet that goal, but I was happy to have finished and that was a good accomplishment. So it's definitely a lofty goal. Yeah. When you started training, what was that first long run like? It was horrible (laughs) because, and how long was it? I mean, for you running, what was it? Four miles to start? Was yeah, like something like that. Four. It was like four miles to start, and I think, like, when I started training in earnest, my first long run was like fourteen miles or something, mm-hmm. thirteen miles, and that was like in the the height of the summer. It's like July. I think it was like ninety six degrees outside, hundred percent humidity, and I just wanted to like collapse and like just like give up and just like say. You know, like, I'm not doing this anymore. Pretend I have an injury or jump in the lake and just be like, uh, well, that's it. I'm done. But after I think it got better. Just the, the fact that I could prove to myself that I could even, like, cover that distance, like, went a long way for my mental, you know, mentally being able to parse out how far I would be able to run. That was really it. So before you even ran, so you, before this race, before this marathon, previous race you had done was 10 miles you didn't do a single half marathon in your build-up to this race correct you knowing that a half marathon is 13 miles what goes through your head when you're when you see that you have a training run that's 15 miles 18 miles and you cross that point you're like i've never raced this distance but like i have to go farther than a half marathon well i think it was just like i didn't even think about it like you are are training plan together was like you would text me on Sunday night and say like this is what you had to do for the week and I wouldn't even really think about it I would just kind of say like I have to run 15 miles tomorrow and not really and then just like look at my watch and be like (laughs) okay that's 15 that's done but when you actually start like running that distance you don't realize how much like time it takes well for me for other people maybe not but (laughs) just how like how much time it takes out of your day and how much energy and I think when I first started doing the long runs, I I didn't really like realize how much you had to prepare, even though it's like quote unquote training, just like probably a bad idea to drink a lot the Friday before a Saturday long run where you're supposed to run 15 miles. It happens. That was bad. But you know, other than that, 
I guess the I, I just tried to like numb myself to it and just it, try to say like, well, Chris says I have to run 15 miles and then just kind of like put your head down and then like check your watch and then oh, I'm at 15 miles. Okay, time to go home. That was really what I did. It was really how I tried to, that was my uh, training mantra, I guess. Yeah. And so you're doing all these runs in Chicago in the summer. Was there yes. was there any challenges to, to that? I don't know how many of you have been to the Midwest in the summertime. It's hot and it's really humid. And I'm a big I'm a big guy. Yeah, for the, the listeners who don't know what you look like, yeah, pretty much everyone I would say. Yes, you're a behind the scenes guy for CDSMag.com. <laughs> yes. What what are your what is your height and weight? I am six three, and I I'm anywhere between like 190 and like 200 pounds usually. Big boy. Yeah. So I and I have like a big beard that traps a lot of heat, <laughs> and so. The, the when I would have to run a long distance, I would always have to do it. I don't know how many of you have been to Chicago either, but there's a, a lakefront trail along Lake, uh, Lake Michigan, and I would always run along there because I knew there were a lot of water fountains, so I knew I had to, like, stop and, like, keep myself hydrated. That was another challenge of mine that I never really thought about, like, on-course or on-trail hydration ever. <laughs> and I was, like, I would see people, you know, running alongside me or next to me or whatever at the when I was doing training runs with like the, you know, the hydration belts and I'd be like, why do I need this? This is so stupid. And then I would run like half a mile further and be like kind of dying and like turn to the, the, the public water fountain and just kind of like, like a dog lap up as much water as I could. So that was another challenge of mine. So you're someone who doesn't really follow the pro scene of track and field, whatever you kind of know, is just secondhand from anything yes, maybe from you tell I what tweet you tell me or like yeah you just kind of see these things scro- keep scrolling past yeah. but you were at you were in berlin mm-hmm. you saw elliot kipchoge run there for the first time you were in london you saw him run a second time because you were very gracious enough to come and support yes, me at both of those that. marathons yes. what do you make of seeing professionals run at that velocity and i guess like up close and then when you were actually in your race yesterday yeah thinking like hey i'm at mile six the winners are about to cross the finish line well i like i told you i think like i watched after the fact i went back and saw like the twitter videos of sir mo farah finishing and i'm like this is a completely he's doing a completely different activity than i am (laughs) it's kind of i'm a big golfer and when i want like i think i'm like okay i'm like average i'm like an average golfer and then i watch like tour pros and they're like striping it 300 yards and like that's kind of how I felt just the difference between and I'm a below average runner probably I would say in, in general at any distance and so yeah but in in Berlin and London you were just able to see these guys moving at yeah. like four minutes and 36 seconds right pace yeah and that was like it was just so cra- like and they to me it just seemed like they were so effortless in the way that they they moved and just like they were able to like shut their brain off and you can tell that they have like either tremendous training and discipline well it's probably both but like training and discipline and also tremendous pain tolerance yeah because no matter how good or how what good a shape you're in it doesn't matter like it hurts to run that far oh yeah like people forget that the first person ever (laughs) run a marathon died collapsed and then they added a fifth of a mile more than that yeah 
years later. So that's did a little you marathon about, history for did you. Did you ever think about that during the race yesterday? That I might die? That like, that hey, like what person. I'm doing right now, the first person who did it died. Uh, I've thought about it before. Yeah. I mean, a little bit. More, I was more so like when I got through like mile f- like 15 or so, I was thinking about like all the people who I had seen at like mile two or mile three who had like pulled up and like already started walking. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not in as bad a shape as I think I am. Even if I'm kind of going at what amounts to a snail's pace, I'm still under my definition running. So just the, I was like really proud of myself because there was a couple, sometimes during college, you knew this, that I was a little overweight and I didn't, I didn't work out nearly as much as I do now. And there was, I couldn't probably run a 5k at that point. And just being able to sort of pace along at a half marathon at all was, was pretty, I don't know. I just felt like amazed. I got, I, I told you this too, but I, uh, I teared up a little bit like at a couple points in the race because I was like thinking about my former self and my less shit in shape self of like if you I told my 2014 self like you're gonna run a marathon I'd be like yeah whatever (laughs) and then then eat a whole box of Kraft mac and cheese as a snack so take me through I guess the past 48 hours where you pretty much the night before the race were you nervous like I know we'd spoken and talked uh, like in the days leading up to it, I'm throwing some last minute advice your way. Were like, what was there excitement? A mix of uh, nerves. I mean, it was it was excitement and nerves because, like you said, that I'm that race was more than twice what I had ever raced before, and even in my training runs, I didn't go any further than 20 miles. So it's like I I relied a lot on just sort of my mental toughness whatever that I had and just sort of the adrenaline of so many people sort of watching you that I was kind of dependent on. But, uh, I don't know. I guess it was just sort of an excitement and a, like the, all the work I put in before that kind of coming to a head. And I was like kind of excited about the prospect of like, this is like the proof of all the work I've, I've done over the past couple months. That's really what it was like. It's kind of like, this didn't happen to me much in college either, but you ever just like go into a test that you're like, I know I'm ready for this. Yeah. And that's kind of actually what, no, it didn't happen. Well, yeah, I that, was never I, ready. That for happened any to me like maybe once. But <laughs> like that, that like sort of confidence of like, I know I'm prepared for this, was kind of exciting. Yeah. Because I was usually in any other thing in my life, I'm usually just a. Crammer. I'll just wing it. I'll, well, I'll cram or I'll just wing it. No, and you and can't not do study that with the marathon. All. Yeah, and you can't do that. So. Ninety six miles the day before would not yeah. help. Yeah, that was our 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 joke the, the day, day before, before. <laughs> that that i if uh you could have just crammed for the marathon and like <laughs> do all your training runs at once in one day instead of having to parse it out over three months yeah so. you're in your corral what's going through your head i just wanted it to start the other thing <laughs> that i always forget about no matter what race i run in i do a lot of 5ks because those are pretty easy and you get a t-shirt usually I'm a big I'm a big merch guy. That's what. <laughs> How much merch have you bought from this race? A lot. <laughs> too much to I go I gave too much money to Bank of America probably. <laughs> yeah, too much. I have a I have a jacket, like a a pullover, a couple t-shirts. I'm wearing a marathon hat right now. A couple th- yeah. A lot of stuff. <laughs> but that's that's usually my motivation, my external motivation is like I get to wear a cool t-shirt when I finish this. 
uh, what was the question? I totally what was going through your it. head? Oh, I just like wanted it to start because like you know you you look at the program and it says my I was in the second wave and so that was supposed to start at eight a.m. Oh, okay. And like it's like the first corral starts at eight a.m. Yeah. But I was in like the third. I think I was in the third, third wave. I think. The third. Well, I was in the second wave. Oh, okay. But, like the third corral. Right. So it still took like twenty minutes <laughs> from that, and so like I you know I looked at my watch and I'm like it's eight a.m. like. I already I've been up since five fifty five or whatever and you know, like come on, like let's go. <laughs> I, I know I have five hours, but like I wanna start. And uh you know, so that was weird and just like kinda taking it all in and and like seeing all the other people who seemed like way more nervous than I was. But once I kinda started I realized it's a lot I don't know, it's not like as high pressure because no. I I don't know, just because I'm not like a pro or anything, so it doesn't really matter. You had nothing matter. to lose. Yeah, like, I just wanted to finish. Like, if I had to walk, I did have to walk a little bit, I'll admit that. But, you know, if I have to walk, they're not going to, like, people aren't going to, like, gun me down, you know? So, like, that wasn't. <laughs> Oof, that got dark. Well, it's true. It's like, <laughs> like, well, you kind of build it up in your head. Like, I don't want to walk. I don't want to finish right. it this time. But it's like, if you don't finish it that time or you don't finish it all, like, you know, whatever. Like, you're doing this for fun in your own whatever it's not like a legal i'm not like legally bound to do yeah it's not like time. if you don't finish the race you missed out on like right. ten thousand dollars like, or something it's like not that. like people are gonna like write about like oh matt's such a disappointment <laughs> you know so like all i wanted to do is kind of just finish and like take it all in because i don't know if i'm gonna run another marathon after this i don't know yeah whatever we'll give it some time so, yeah what was your favorite part of the course or the uh, actual race experience in general yeah uh i like the the my two favorite parts were sort of like at, at the very beginning right before like mile two or so you you start out in grant park and you kind of run under this uh you run under this bridge and there's no one around you there's no spectators there's only just the runners and so it's like the people who are like screaming because it just started and are like all like hyped up and ever whatever and you're just like okay just you're you're not going to act that way three hours from now (laughs) and then you kind of you go under this bridge and then you kind of see this wave of people like lining like in the buildings and you kind of see that was like really cool to see and i like i started to tear up at that part a little bit right from the start wow right well because i was just like i can't believe i'm actually like i I visualized what that might be what it might be like for the last three months and that was kind of what kept me going during training but you know so you teared up multiple times that was the first next point came with like about 800 meters to go i saw you yeah i was yelling at you and you couldn't you i was couldn't in the hear zone. me you were in the zone and then after that you i did catch you smiling and laughing looking off into distance and then you started jogging to pick it up yeah you, at that point where you're just thinking like 800 meters i could do this like well it's not much it's half a mile so my third goal so my first goal was to finish which i did yeah not to brag <laughs> second goal if you made it this third. far into the podcast you know he finished the marathon yeah so um Second goal was 4.30, which I didn't make, but that's okay. My third goal was I didn't want to walk into the finish line. And so I saw the 800-meter mark, and I was like, okay, it's kind of embarrassing to, like, walk up until, like, where the last, like, stadium part is Mm -hmm. and then, like, just kind of jog, like, the last 50 meters into that. So I was like, okay, I'll jog. I can jog half a mile. That's fine. And so I did that, and... I, I was like, la- I was. People probably thought I was crazy because I was like laughing hysterically at a point, 
just because I was like, I can't believe after all this, I'm like actually finishing it and I'm not. And all th- I like, I was in a lot of pain, but I wasn't like to the point where I was going to like collapse when I finished or no. at the finish line. I did in London, right. but well, it was so had, hot. Yeah, because it was hot. But I wasn't like, you know, there, that was part of my anxiety too of like, what if I finish, but then I like collapse or like I have a heart attack or like something like that. And just knowing like, the legs were feeling good all things considered at the end <laughs> was pretty like that was pretty cool and that's kind of why i was laughing like i actually you know i actually did it and this was something i couldn't imagine doing however many years ago so yeah and the it was funny because when our college buddies joe and brian were watching with me we get to this point like at about 35k it's like I think at that point we were finally like safe enough to say like he's actually going to finish the race. Like it's right. not like you got to 20 and that was it. Like we stopped seeing your tracker. You yeah. kept going even if it was progressively getting a little bit slower. We we're just yeah. like he's actually going to do this this thing. Right. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and that that was just like I I teared up or like started smiling at just different checkpoints of like you know, like I would get to 30k and it's like i still feel good enough that i'm definitely gonna finish yeah and that was like such a good feeling of like you know just just knowing i was gonna finish it all and was i don't know it just what was the darkest point you had in the race uh there was a stretch there between miles 15 to like 19 that uh is kind of like through an area of the city that's like there aren't as many spectators there's not as much to look at that I just kind of fell apart a little bit and like you know my usual training runs were anywhere between like 13 and 15 so I didn't really that often have to run like much further than that um so I was like very I felt like really really good going through the halfway point because that kind of is in the loop area which is like a really highly populated mm-hmm. area and there's like kind of a lot of cool stuff to look at and there's a lot of spectators and that sort of thing but then you kind of run through these areas where there's like one person like you hear like a single person <laughs> clapping and that part was like really hard for me just because like you didn't have like that you had kind of had to like reach deep down inside yourself and be like you did all this work it'll be cool when you finish and that was probably the, the d- I don't know if it was I was never like dark like I'm gonna quit but that was probably like the part where I slowed up the most and had to do a little bit of walking and stopped at the the aid station a little bit like longer than before. So chatted it up with the aid people. Well, not even that. <laughs> I, I don't think I spoke one word. That's weird, from, right? For four. I don't think I spoke hours? one word from like when I woke up until I finished. Wow, five a.m. Oh no, I know. I said thank you to a couple of the aid station okay. workers because I can I guess that they got like a lot of splashback on like gatorade cups and whatever but other than that or maybe i just mouthed it and i like <laughs> didn't actually say it because my headphones were on so loud but you know that was like it was weird to not like say a word or whatever even though there's so much going on around you so, what were you listening to podcast guy music oh, no. <laughs> i had music uh, i i purposely during my training put as many like handcuffs on myself as i could like, I would listen to podcasts because that is harder to, like, stay at a pace when you're just, like, listening to people talk. Yeah. So hopefully you're not listening to this while you're running because <laughs> Some that people would do. suck. Yeah. But, you know, like, I would do stuff like that, and it's like I would never run with anybody else 
Yeah. Because that like it's easier to keep a pace when someone's running with you. Um, so I always ran by myself. I always ran like it was always like really hot and humid and that sort of thing. And but so like it felt a little bit easier when I like had the music going on at like a certain pace and I was, you know. Was there one particular song that really jazzed you up? There was. Life? Yeah. Well, I don't know why. I just like when I first when I when I was first putting together the the playlist, I specifically made it so it was exactly four hours and thirty minutes. So it's like. If I hear a repeat song, it's not a good sign. Then that, yeah, then it's like, okay, well, even if I haven't been looking at my watch, then I know that I've like gone past that time, and that plan completely fell apart at, by the time anyway. But for some reason, when I was like waiting for the uh, for the race to start, I just kept replaying the song "The River" by Good Charlotte, and I don't know why. It's not like one of my favorite songs. <laughs> it was kind of a throwaway song. I was like looking for songs that were at like a high beats per minute, so I could like keep, so I could keep it at a good pace. But for whatever for whatever reason, that like stuck with me, and I I just kept like I repeated it like maybe eight times before the That's the race lot. started. Yeah. So. What does this really... whole experience, I guess, like teach you about runners and like how how did you 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 said you were obviously a little inspired by the people in Berlin because they they were very determined to get after certain goals. Now, having experienced it yourself, what is what has this taught you about running? I guess it's it's mostly like just the community of like support around, and it's just like it doesn't really matter if you run in two o four or you run in six o four. Like people will cheer you on the same, you know, the same amount, and it's just like it's a. This is me like kind of patting myself on the back, but it's like <laughs> a tremendous accomplishment just to finish, or even to like say like I'm gonna do this at all that like people appreciate, and it's like it's like a self-imposed goal, but just the fact that people are so supportive of you, and it's just like you know if you have to walk, it doesn't matter if you are you know really old, it doesn't matter if you're really young, it doesn't matter. Just the fact that people kind of rally around you and support you is like the part that I thought was really cool about seeing you run Berlin and in London and and something I noticed in Chicago so so now you perceive us as a little less crazy for actually doing this for fun uh no it's still crazy <laughs> I think it's still crazy it's just it's I see the like why people are like I've run 12 marathons because the sort of the feeling that you've accomplished something at the end of it is so like what i don't know what the word would be like it feels more tangible to me now than just like the why would you do this you're gonna like pee yourself and like throw up maybe and like your nipples are gonna bleed and you know <laughs> what and you're just like that's so stupid why would anybody do that and then you realize like when you you finish and you walk through like the little they like corral you into a thing and you put your metal on you get your little heat blanket and then you you get your free beer and then you you're like wow like i did i like accomplished something and there are a lot of things in life in general that you don't get that like sort of tangible reward for that was really i don't know i could see why people do it over and over i'm probably not going to be one of those people but (laughs) i can see why people are so kind of like crave that accomplishment yeah and you mentioned getting the beer right after you crossed the finish line. Were you a little surprised 
that like, you know, this entire time you're kind of training and thinking, you know, I can't wait to do this and just drink a bunch afterwards, have a couple beers to celebrate, that after you run the marathon, you kind of can't stomach that many. No. Three, no. right, is what you end up having? Yeah, three the day of. They give you like a... A goose they, island. Yeah, they give you like a... They had like a cool like goose island at the end. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, I didn't even really want it, but I was like, it's like a free thing. Like, I took every free thing that they gave you to go along with it. Bag of pretzels, a banana, some well, chocolate milk, like Gatorade. Gro- it was like a whole yeah. grocery bag. And then, <laughs> like, the, the heat blanket, which I didn't really need. I wasn't, like, super cold or whatever. Are you supposed to be cold or hot? Could be a whatever mix of both. Yeah. But, like, I put it on because I'm like, I could just keep this, like, as a keepsake. And, like, I took I took the grocery thing and I, like, I was like, I just want water right now. Like, that's all I want. And then I saw the, I saw like the beers and I was like, I'm going to take this. <laughs> I took maybe like four sips of it. And I'm like, I can't finish this and threw it out. But yeah, I had like three beers and I like couldn't really eat that much either. Yeah. That's what happens. And I was so looking forward to, to the, the idea of like, like everything you eat on the course is like basically artificial eat or drink. It's like super artificial besides water, I guess, but like the energy gels and like whatever else is just like, you know, like this, like sustains me, but like spiritually, I don't feel no, it's like, not what I you don't, want. yeah, it's not what you want. And then you see like the people on the side or like you like run through Chinatown and you smell like the Chinese food <laughs> places and you like run through Pilsen and you like smell the, the Mexican food and stuff. And you're like, I can't wait until when I finish this, I'm going to eat like seven burritos. And then like. Nope. My my family was nice enough to have like a little kind of post party thing, and I had like a slice, like two slices of pizza, and then like a couple beers, and I was like, I'm full. I think I'm good. But now so, you can eat whatever you want all right, week. Right. What are you looking forward to this week? A lot of milkshakes. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because that's like the unnecessary addition to like every meal. It's like, <laughs> you, like sure you can get the cheeseburger and you can get the fries, but it's like. Do I really need a milkshake? It's like an extra 800 calories. It's like, whatever. I like, I burned like a whole week's worth of calories yesterday, so I can do basically whatever I want. I fall into that trap where I let the celebration go on for a little too long. And then whatever you gain from like all your training is lost. It's gone within yeah. like after the two weeks. I'm like, I could still have, you know, that second hot dog. Yeah. And nope, it's cutting nope. into the yeah. next yeah. building training phase. Right. So no 430 this time around, but... I mean, so that's the one of the three goals that was left unchecked. It's still too soon. Where I think about 24, more a little over 24 hours removed from the marathon, you're not ready to commit to another one. Correct. I, I, I would for sure do, like, I'm not done running or racing, but I, I, think I, I think I told you this, but I told a lot of people this, that after I got to the halfway mark, I was like, this seems a little excessive. You know, like... <laughs> Like, the half marathon, I was, like, cruising pretty good. I was at, like, a really good pace, and I was, like, knocking out miles at, like, almost the same. Yeah, you were a metronome like for the first half. My mile half. splits were, like, oh, like I would just look at – my watch would buzz and be, like – I think I was at, like, 940 for, like, 12 and a half miles or something like that. So I would have, like, done a half marathon exactly the pace I wanted to. But then after that, I kind of fell apart. So I was, like, that's that seems a little excessive. So I, could, <laughs> I think I can definitely do half marathon. Like, I'll commit to a half marathon – like okay. basically right this second not to run this second but i'll like a couple months down the road or whatever i'll do that but i think it, i have to have some distance get it distance. you have some business to take care of some un- yeah. yeah before i think about doing another what, full because yeah. the other thing that like 
a couple of my a couple of our our pals joe and brian as was mentioned before said like what was the hardest part of the the race and i said well i don't think the, the hardest part was the race it was the like how much time the training takes right and so i kind of have to reevaluate if that's a thing that the sacrifice of do the time especially during the summer like yeah well, that's worth doing. If you were, I could run a spring marathon. Yeah, if you were to ever do a spring marathon, you have to train through the winter, which yeah. is not, it's just as difficult, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, but just sort of that that time commitment. Yeah, I think this is a good excuse for us to get together. You know, we'll get our friend Joe involved as well, and we'll make half marathons a little yeah. bit of a you know getaway for us to go. Gives us Somewhere a reason else. to go to like Florida or California. Yeah. And, you know, race on a Saturday morning and then do already it up on yeah. for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Excellent. I agree. Well, thank you, Intern Matt, for coming on the Sidious Mac podcast. Now uh, we'll give you some more things to, to blog. Oh, well, actually, we'll look forward to seeing your blog on the site yes. at some point this week. Let uh, let those uh, thoughts go on to paper. And then, you know, what they say, once you, you can't think about your next marathon after forgetting about your first. So yes. we'll put those thoughts to paper on the blog. And, uh, yeah, we'll let you continue your recovery. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me.